Good morning. Our reading for today is from Acts 4, verses 23 to 31. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, New Hope. I know you've already been welcome, but every once in a while, I just like to say hello as well. I want to uh, welcome our online community too. Every once in a while, I get the privilege of being one of the online pastors, and I enjoy the chat with our online folks. So chat away, and and welcome to you as well. Let me give you just a quick update. Some of you know that we have 13 people from our congregation over in Eldoret, Kenya. They've been there, yes, uh, that's pretty exciting. They've been there, they've done a great job putting together the playground that New Hope purchased before, the, before COVID hit, and it is now up and, and ready. You'll see pictures of that in a couple of weeks. They were in process of driving from the village. They've now left the village, the orphanage. They are headed to Nairobi and jumping on a plane later today. So be praying for them in the long journey home. We so appreciate the the families here that have supported them on their way. So I just wanted to, to give you a little update there. Well, currently on Sunday mornings, we are in a series looking at the book of Acts and the mission of the early church. Last week, we explored the fact that all of the extraordinary events, extraordinary events that we see happening in Acts are not because of the extraordinary people, but because of our extraordinary God. And no one knew that better than the disciples that we see in this passage, chapter 4. Fresh on the minds of Peter and John have to be the way they stumbled through the last week of Jesus' life. Peter, so humanly thinking he could push the, help the mission of God that he thought God was on happen, which he thought was a physical kingdom here on earth, you know how he pulls out that sword and cuts that ear off and Jesus says no. And Jesus rejects that act of violence and the disciples know no other way yet of how to do battle in a spiritual sense. And so they scattered that night and they left Jesus alone 
on the worst night of his life. The chaos of that night, the devastation that came as Jesus the very next day was hung on a Roman cross, left them all reeling. And then, three days later, something they could scarcely believe occurred. Jesus stood before them, whole and alive, offering to them grace and his peace and forgiveness. The disciples knew who was ordinary and who was extraordinary. Acts 1, Jesus returns to the Father. Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon all believers And in Acts 3 forward, well, what can we say? The fun begins. Thousands of people by Acts 4 have already placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Miracles are happening, just like they did when Jesus walked with them. Peter and John have been empowered to speak truth to power. And they've already, by Acts 4, been thrown into jail. And the temple leaders uh, the next day demand, as before they reluctant release them, they demand that they do not speak in the name of Jesus Christ anymore. And they release them, but not before Peter and John go and just say, there is absolutely no way we can ever stop giving witness to what we have seen with our own eyes. So Peter and John left the temple leaders and went straight to the gathered church and met with other believers. I'm sure those believers had been gathered together and praying all night, knowing that their friends, Peter and John, had been thrown into jail by the same leaders who saw to the fact that Jesus uh, ended up on the cross. And they, as the Peter and John give the full report of all that they have just seen and what had happened as they'd healed the crippled man and the upset leaders and being in jail as they gave that report, then the believers immediately lifted their voices together in prayer. I believe that many of you have purchased uh, our big read that is going along with this series. It's Scott McKnight's book on the book of Acts. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to. The chapters are short and easily accessible. And I like what Scott McKnight does with this prayer in Acts 4 because he takes it and makes it so accessible and practical for us today. He admits, and I think we always ought to admit, that not all the prayers in the Bible end with the same powerful result that this prayer did. They, at the end of this prayer, the Holy Spirit, God's powerful presence filled the place where they were gathered shook the building as a sign of his power and filled the people again with his Holy Spirit. But what, what Scott pulls out of this for us to see is that there's a pattern of prayer that we see in Scripture. We see it here and we see it in so many other places, this sim, a similar pattern. Now, I don't want you to think that this is, oh, good, we're going to find out the secret code to unlocking the spirit this morning. We're gonna find out what the password is. You know, it's such a good thing that we don't need a passcode, a password to talk to God (laughs) because I would so never be able to connect. I would lose it or I'd save it and forget where I saved it and I'd have to call Steve Robertson and he'd have to come bail me out. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah, no. We don't need, this is not 
a, a password. This is a pattern of prayer that can help us, as we talked about last week, get into a position to receive what it is that God wants to do in our midst. The prayer pattern that we see in scripture opens always by addressing God with a descriptive name. In this case, in chapter four, it is Sovereign Lord. This morning in our circle time, we always pray at 8.30 and in the mornings on Sundays, and I ask the, the circle, what are some of the names what, that you use for God? What's a, a favorite reference? And one, one person said, I always say, Dear Father, because I didn't have a father growing up, and that is the dearest name of God I know. Somebody else said, I always address God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because I want to know, to be reminded that I'm being invited into a relationship. In chapter four, Sovereign Lord is the way that the, uh, the early church prays because in this moment, they need to know that God's in charge. They need to know that God is sovereign. He is over everything, ruler over it all. He is the authority. He's the one who exercises jurisdiction over everything. And the naming of God in this moment is then followed further by more descriptive names of God. God, you are creator of heaven and earth, the seas and the sky and everything in them. To state these truths at the beginning of prayer puts us in a, mind, a state of mind to connect with God in a way that, that is, things are set to rights, right? We acknowledge who God is and we acknowledge who we are. We are not sovereign. The rulers of our land are not sovereign. God is sovereign. It's a way that I like to begin my day every day. I get that first cup of coffee and with that sip, I acknowledge that God is, is the creator and the sustainer. Do, does not anybody else need to say, acknowledge that God's sustainer first thing in the morning? Get us going with that cup of coffee and acknowledging that God is the one who sustains us and that he is sovereign, that he is ruler every, every morning. It reminds us that God is not a mortal authority with, with limited jurisdiction but that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is truly sovereign. When we pray to God, we are not placed on hold while they transfer us to a greater authority, right? Yeah. Anybody ever tried to call the city for some help in some way or another? Oh my goodness, oh, my department can't handle that, let me transfer you. Oh, you'll have to talk to so-and-so in that part of the city government. Oh, and I get transferred and I get, I am so grateful that when we cry out to God, we're not gonna get transferred to a greater authority because there simply is not a greater authority. James warned uh, the early church before we move into petition that sometimes we don't get what we ask for because we ask amiss. We're asking perhaps outside of what it is that God wants to accomplish in our world. And so he reminds us to not ask, ask selfishly, 
But before we cry out, give me this, God, I need that, God, to line ourselves up, not only with these descriptive names of God that identify who God is, remind us who we are, but to also remind ourselves there is something God wants to accomplish in our world. In Acts 4, the believers ask that they be placed in that flow of what God wants to accomplish. Acts 4, in this prayer, the believers also reflect God back on the way God has moved through his people for all times. They go back to the Psalms and they recognize in this prayer, if you were listening as Sherry read that, they talked about King David and how the Holy Spirit way back then had been moving and working and had revealed to David that when the Messiah did come, he would be resisted and that there would be those who would come against the Messiah. And in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit reveals that to these believers and they begin to recognize they have seen this fulfilled in their city. Their petition takes into account not only who God is, but also what God wants to accomplish and ask to be in the flow of that as they ask God to do what only God can do. And I think our prayers should always push past what we can do in our own power and our own skill set. Our prayers need to push into what only God can do. And they pray that God would empower their witness, that he would stretch out his hand and they would again and continue to see miraculous signs and wonders that the world may know and believe. And all of this they know is done through the powerful name of, of Peter, no, John, no, but the powerful name of Jesus. Scott McKnight encourages us today to think about what we are petitioning God for. Scott says that that's what he's learned from the pattern of prayers to do, is that first thing when he begins to maybe sit in his quiet time in the mornings or later in the day, he first thinks, okay, what is it that I'm gonna about to approach God for? And he begins to then uh, formulate that and think about that. And then he writes this. I put this up so you can see it. He says, and secondly, after he's identified what it is he's gonna ask God for, he says, secondly, I ponder what name for God is most appropriate to that specific request. If I want God to shake the world, then sovereign Lord or God over all, those are, those are best. But maybe I want God to heal my student and I might choose Father, the great physician. And then third, I ponder by wandering into reflections about God that show why the answer to my request fits the God that I am addressing. So here's the pattern. Formulate your petition. Assign the right title to God and ponder the God who answers such petitions. To approach prayer in this way it just leads us straight and first and foremost into worship, doesn't it? And sometimes we don't even need to go to petition after that. 
when we sit in the presence of God and we think on him and who he is, I think of Psalm 46.1 where God sometimes just says, just be still. Just be still and know that I am God. And some days we walk away and that's all we need it. But that should never uh, make us shy away from asking God for what we need and the ways that we want to see him move in our world. God delights, delights to hear your requests and the desires of your heart and through our prayers. Wednesday, during our staff meeting, Jess Anders, who oversees our prayer ministry here, led our staff in an extended prayer time. And I had the privilege of, in part of it, we divided up into little groups, and I had the privilege of praying with Kelly and, and Dina. And I gotta tell you, we brought some big prayers to the Lord that day. There were just things we needed to ask of the Lord. And by evening, we began to text because all three of us had seen significant movement in the things that we had prayed for together that afternoon. God delights in answering the prayers of his people. He delights in responding to his children. Also, I think it's, it's a, we want to acknowledge, especially what, so one of the things we see in the book of Acts is that when those powerful prayers are, are prayed and received, it's when the church has gathered for prayer. Not that we don't want to take anything away from individual prayers, but I think we need to know that one of the patterns in Acts is when we see God move powerfully is when the churches come together. I want you to be aware of two ways that we gather at New Hope to pray together. One is online, couldn't be more convenient, uh, on Monday nights. And could I just say, sign up, get the link. If you don't come every Monday, nobody minds at all. We just want you to have that link and say, wow, I could really pray with the church tonight. Jump on, Jess Anders leads that. It's just 30 minutes long. It's always an amazing experience to be online praying together. In the coming months, we're going to offer another time slot, an in-person time, that if you are, if your heart is being moved to pray big prayers, and I'm telling you, we live in a world that needs some big movement of God, I encourage you to come. I encourage you to connect in one of those ways, online or in-person. Again, don't feel like you have to be there every time. Come when you can. Come when the Spirit moves you to come. In Acts 4, the early church prayed for boldness and courage to carry forth the mission. And they would need it. Church, I think we need it today. We need to pray for boldness. We need to pray for courage for the mission that is still set before us today. They prayed for boldness and courage to share the good news that a God so compassionate and merciful and loving laid down everything in order to redeem humanity. Has that need changed? Has God's heart changed? No, God's heart is still the same for the world, that they might know and what is the word says, how can they know if they do not hear? So let's pray in boldness, for boldness and courage to share the gospel. The early church absolutely knew that the mission set before them was fully reliant on the power of God. 
the behavior we see in Acts reveals the belief system of the church. Their behavior revealed their belief. That the mission was truly reliant on God's power. Now, the church today talks a lot about prayer, and maybe we read a lot of books on prayer, but are we, does our behavior reveal that we know if anything good is gonna happen in this day and age, if anything good is gonna move the gospel forward, if the mission is gonna be on track, it is fully reliant on God. If you regularly attend New Hope on Sundays, you know that every once in a while, I think the goal for a time was once a month, but at least once a quarter that we would participate in an experiential service. And today is one of those dates. I'm going to walk you through it. Uh, the first service responded so well, so don't think it's scary at all if this is your first experience here. I'll walk you through kind of how we'll be doing that. We want to put into practice right here in this room the things that, that the word is teaching us and the things that we have just talked about. Our creative team and our worship team have put together four prayer stations. And there's four down here, and there's four upstairs, and they're identical. So if you're down here and the line is a bit long at one of those stations, feel free to go upstairs. What we noticed this morning is there a lot more space. So if you're able and you want to go up, we invite you to do that. Let me talk to you a little bit about what you're going to experience there. First of all, at every station, there are several names of God. We encourage you to choose one or two this morning. You'll find names such as Sovereign God, Creator of Heaven and Earth, plus several other names, Savior, Provider, Healer, Forgiver, Counselor, and others. And each name has been provided for you on a small piece of paper at every one of the stations. Before you go, before we, the worship team comes and we release you to go, and you may go to one station or all four, Take a few moments and ponder what it is you're asking of God today. What's so, what did you walk in the doors on your heart? What's on your heart today? God wants to hear. God wants to know. Maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you even with this opening of Acts 4 to say, pray for this. So as you ponder that first, then go to the station and choose maybe a couple of names of God that correlate with what you're about to pray. It will strengthen your prayers. Perhaps you are experiencing strife in a relationship or you're just experiencing a lot of anxiety today. Maybe you wanna pick Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace. So it's just kind of an example of ways that uh, we're encouraging you to take a name of God and spend some concentrated time connecting with God around that name. On top of that, there's some exercises to do. We're gonna meet God in four ways. First, adoration. That is over here. And you don't have to go in this order this morning, but adoration is where you're gonna go and uh, grab a name and put a word of praise. Adore your God. Just put, write it up there on the board. There's a confession station back there behind the sound system. That's where we are able to just confess something to God 
put it, it's on dissolvable paper, which I love, and put it in the water and release it to God. Receive God's forgiveness this morning. There's a station over here that celebrates, gives thanks for the way that God has shown up in your past and your present and the way you're anticipating God showing up in the future. Pick Over there, you just choose a name of God that represents the way he's acted in your life and hang it. There's a wire over there. You'll see it when you get there and you can just hang it. Let's just fill that with gratitude to the Lord. And then finally, back in the back, there's actually gonna be around that table, three people there waiting to pray with you. As we talked about, sometimes it is praying with someone else that unlocks the power of God in your life. So don't hesitate to go pray with someone this morning. When you feel like you've done as many stations as you want, we then invite you to come to the, the tables in front and also upstairs. The uh, bread is always gluten-free, or you can take the um, pre-packaged. Maybe you want to come with a family member for communion this morning, or somebody from your, your life group, or just a friend, or you just want to contemplate on your own. Christ's body broken for you. Christ's blood poured out for your sins and mine. And then we just invite you to go sit back down, continue in a posture of prayer, and then our worship team will lead us. Okay, just about ready to say go. Take time to think what you're going to pray for and then go to the stations. <laughs> 